thank you for this opportunity to be in your house today. Hallelujah to those that are here. If you have your tithe and offering, that time is now. Please bring and give us always bless you, those that have already put in. I do appreciate that. You got your Bible. Go ahead and turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And verse 17. All the worship has been wonderful this morning. It seemed that, you know, we, we always get to a certain point. When you're an apostolic church, man, worship is always 10 notches above every other church out there. We get so complacent and used to it that we don't realize the magnificent power of God that we feel. We get so used to it. But you go to another church, you start to get starved to death. Kind of like a motor with a stopped up building. Got everything in it that don't need to be in it and it can't get enough air. Right, come on. We get to an apostolic yes. church, it's almost like that mighty rushing wind happens every time yeah. we get to begin to worship. That we get so complacent. And it's normal. Man, this is a sad place to be. That's a big story for the time. Second Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 16. And very, excuse me, verse 17. Scripture most people can quote. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You may be seated. Yes. I'm going to continue reading there all the way down to chapter 6, verse 2. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation to it. That God, this is what he gave, that God was in Christ. Reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing, imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now, then, we are the ambassadors of Christ, as through God did beseech of you by us, we pray that you in Christ stead be reconciled, reconciled to God, for he hath made him to be sin for us, and that he too, who knew no sin, that we might be made righteousness of God in him. Uh, chapter 6, verse 1. We then are workers together with him, beseech ye also that ye receive not the grace of God in vain. For he saith, I have heard in the name and accepted, and in the day of salvation I have secure thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Yes, I would like to speak to you on a subject today called an, an, an appointment with now. Well, it's going to be a hard day. I can tell you that now. A appointment or an appointment with now. The Bible says to me that Jesus Christ is the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end. He is that was, he is him that's now, and he is the to come. Okay? Then it tells me that he is the I am. The self-existent one, the Ananias, the one that was, the more all-powerful one, Elohim. 
It tells me all these different things about God and what God is and how God how God moves with me and how He does things. He He gave us His Word to express Himself. The Bible is a biography of God. And in fact, it's an autobiography, which is different than a biography. A biography is something that someone writes about you and tells your story. An autobiography is written by you in person. So the Bible is written and inspired by God, so it's technically an autobiography. So we have this understanding of God. So let me let me begin out saying, let's examine our life for a moment. How many of you are depressed? Don't raise your hand on any scene of that. Just examine yourself for a moment. How many of you have unforgiveness in heart? There's somebody that you truly have not forgiven because every time something just kind of just doesn't line up right, boom, that comes to your mind. Okay, now I'm not picking on nobody in here, so don't think I am. I'm trying to get your mind right for the message today. How many of us are insecure? I'm not sure about that. Not sure how we can fit into life. Maybe we don't have the greatest friends, or maybe we don't have the ability to make friends. We're not very social. How many of us have no self-worth? We feel worthless. How many of us do not even understand the present, let's know the future? How many have bitterness in it? How many of us have sin in our life? How many of us have something that we would just like to be gone? I'd like to feel like I belong in society, in my church. I would like to feel like I'm accepted instead of always an outcast. Well, you know, it depends on where you want to be accepted in that particular point. If you're trying to be a Christian accepted by the world, it'll never happen. Right, come on. Because you're different in the world. But if you find your peace in Jesus Christ, you will find your acceptance. But here we are talking from Paul, talking to the Corinthians that, you know, God has done one thing to this world. He came in the form of man, and his name was Jesus. Jehovah just became salvation, basically. And it said in verse 19 that God was in Christ. And reconciling himself, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. As the only adage is in life, sticks and stones may hurt my bones, but words will never hurt. It's probably one of the biggest lies that have ever been told by man. And let's know every child that's in the grade school play yard. Because the word reaches deep into our soul. Jesus Christ used the word to reach the world. In John, it says, in the beginning was the word. And we read that, we understand that's Jesus. We understand that's God. We understand he's always been, always will be. He is the beginning, the Alpha, the Omega, all in all. We understand those things, but he chose the word. And then what did he choose to save the people? Foolishness of preaching. 
I stand here today under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Hopefully that's the way I always preach. Is that God anoints me and I say as God has directed. But to most people it's foolishness to stand and hear a man talk about a God. That is all existent. That is all powerful. That is all knowing. That has the power to do anything. Most people within their human mind when your carnality gets in. You begin to reject the power of God. We're all guilty of it. Because we cannot fathom somebody in that particular form. It is impossible for us to be everywhere. So it's kind of hard for us to believe God is it. Even though we say it, it comes out of our mouth as the word is not a true word. A true word is one that has meaning and substance behind it. If I promise you I'm going to do something and I do not do it, is it a true word? But if I promise something and that word comes to pass, then it is now true. Jesus Christ promised you salvation. Jesus Christ promised you righteousness. Jesus Christ promised you reconciliation. That means reclaiming. Okay? He promised to reclaim you to himself and to his life. How did he reclaim? What is he reclaiming? Well, in the Garden of Eden, the great sin began to happen as Eve partake of this fruit, and she gave it to her husband that was there with her in the garden. And they found that they sinned, and they hid from God, and then thus all humanity's problems began. When Jesus Christ comes along, his blood is pure enough to do away with sin, because he's the only spotless human. So it erases sin because the law of sin and death is the man that sinneth, it shall, he shall die. Okay? If you sin, your destination is death, and it should be death, hell, and the grave. Okay? Let me, let me add that little highlight about hell in there. Your destination is hell. From the time you're born to the time you die, your destination is to go to hell. So if you want to believe in predestination, you are predestined to hell unless you decide to serve for God. But you're not predestined there because God chose you to go there. You're predestined there because sin chose you to go there. So nobody is predestinated just to wind up in hell. Because Jesus Christ came on the cross of Calvary and he said in John 3, 16, Whosoever will, he gave you the choice. So there is no predestination. It's a choice moment. There's a choice moment when you can decide to be what God wants you to be. It's a choice moment. An appointment with right now. An appointment with it happens now. It is right now. It's not tomorrow. It's not a hundred days from now. When the anointing of the Holy Ghost fell on the day of Pentecost in the book of Acts, it happened now. It was immediately opened the heavens and the sound of the rushing mighty wind came in. It was not God pricking the hearts and saying, I tell you what, I'm about to send this mighty miracle of the Holy Ghost, but y'all just, y'all do it tomorrow. Y'all come back tomorrow and it'll be ready. When God desires to move in your life, it's now. Instantaneously. It's an appointment with now. When somebody comes by and you, uh, or you happen to call a serviceman 
for anything, say for instance an air conditioning problem went out in your house and you call him, your expectation is that he says, I can be there tomorrow, I'll be there Friday, I'll be there, but it's never usually, I'll be right there. But with Jesus, it's always, when you call him, I'll be right there. So when you get that service man to tell you, I'll be right over, it excites your spirit because right now, your air conditioning problem is going to be fixed. You don't have to go two or three days without an air conditioner. It's now. But the thing is, when we get into spiritual life, we hold on to all the weights and sins that God has already purchased on the cross of Calvary. Do you understand that he owns your sin? You don't? If you come and borrow my truck, and you decide, okay, that's good, and you decide you're just going to keep it, you're never going to give it back to me. Do you own that truck? Does it belong to you? So what have you intended Maybe not intended to do, but unintentionally have done. If you never return it, you've stolen it, right? You've taken something that's not yours. Why then do you hold on to the sins that God's already paid for? He's already paid for them that belong to him, so quit stealing from God. Give him what he deserves. And he does not deserve your sins by any means or any way, but he's paid the price for them. So therefore they're his. And you know what he does? He puts them through that mysterious spiritual shredder and they disappear and you never see them again. It's called the blood of Christ. Amen. It's only the people who think they're smart and go digging in the trash can and pulling out all the pieces and trying to put together a shredded document. Those people are stealing from God because he's already paid the price. Your appointment is an appointment with now. It says, Behold, that you've heard and you've accepted. God has heard and accepted your call. He has heeded unto your voice. The thing about God is God stops when people talk. When you get a hold of God, God pays attention. The rest of the time, he ignores you. That don't sound right. My God is ever present and knows all that I have. Know everything I need before I even have a need of it. Yes, he does. But he will never force himself in your life. If you turn him off, he just stands there and waits. You ignore him, and in turn, he's ignoring your problem because you haven't asked him to help you. You have not asked God. You know, when God was walking to make a miracle happen, and then all of a sudden a lady who that was so desperate that was not even Jewish, but, okay, ran and touched the hem of Jesus' garment, virtue flew out of him, because she got a hold of him. She was desperate enough to get a hold of God. Bartimaeus standing beside the road just begin to say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Here's God going to another place to do another miracle, to do something. God is always on his way to do a miracle. God is always on his way to do what he does. That's why Jesus uh, told his parents when he was 12 years old, do you not understand I have to be about my father's business? And then Jesus' ministry was turning water into wine and healing people and healing the sick. God is dealing in the miraculous at all points in time. Jesus is always on his way to do a miracle. Our job is to get an appointment with now and get God's attention. Jesus, thy son of David, have mercy on me. We need to cry out instead of watching all of our miracles and blessings go right by us. 
Because on the way to miracles, many people in the Bible got healed and touched while God was on his way to something else. How many times that are not recorded did somebody not call out to Jesus and Jesus just keep on the wall? Even though the almighty power of God was centralized in one point in one man that he had power to calm the seas just with his spoken word, just as he was when he was created. He had the power to walk upon the water. He had the power to walk up to a legion of demons and say, get out. And also make them be commanded to go into pigs. You had all the power of heaven and earth standing before you, and you do today in the spiritual world, and all you want to do is sit back and watch the show but not get involved. You cannot make it in this world without God. You have one of two choices. You either serve God or you go to hell. And I mean just serve the devil. Serve yourself. Serve your flesh. You know what the basic devil worship is? Serving self. You may not be worshiping the devil, but you're worshiping the creator, which is the doctrine of the devil. The Bible says that in the last days they will be worshipers of the creature and not lovers of God. They will be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Why? Because Satan is influencing this world today to a point that we as Christians have decided to turn a blind eye to the situation instead of getting hold of God. We have made ourselves accepted to the point, well, doctor says this is what's going to happen, so I guess this is what's going to happen. I've been there, I've done that. Well, I guess I'm always going to be this way. God's never going to change my heart or my life. I'm always going to deal with this problem or that problem. I'm always going to be a bitter person and I can't smile and I can't be happy because I've just always been this way. I just don't understand. It's until we get the appointment with now to get a hold of Jesus Christ to change our lives. I know this may not be exciting today. This might not be the best, best message I've ever preached today. But I'm telling you something that is very important to you today. You are not going to change your life at all. Period. You are not going to change. You are not going to change, period. If you think you can do it, that you can make a difference, that you are the one that has to do this or do that, oh, maybe if I fast more, maybe if I pray more, it doesn't matter how much you do, it matters how much you believe in God. It matters how much you allow God to do. The Bible says, stand and see the salvation of the Lord. Let the Lord fight the battle. You know, the easiest thing to do in the world is let. That means give up. Give it over. Turn it over. See somebody carrying a big bunch of bags. Let it carry some of those. Well, they do. They release it to you and they gladly let you carry it. I've got 30 pounds of, uh, of sugar in here and I'm trying to take it in. I'm glad somebody helps me. I relinquish it to them. They let. I let them carry it. Why then do we not let in the spirit? God says, let me take your burdens from you. He told us, you come to me, I'll give to every lady that have been working in the work, trying to make things right. You just come to me and lay it down, and then I'll give you an easy go. I'll give you rest. I'll give you peace. God has already given us the formula for being happy. God has already given us the formula for being free of guilt. 
God has already given us the formula to get rid of all the hatred and bitterness and dislike and unfaithfulness in our hearts and in our life. He's given us that formula. It's basically just let me have it. It's an appointment with now. Now is the accepted time. Now is the time of salvation. Today, right now, immediately now, not tomorrow, because when you leave those doors right there, Satan is waiting for you and he will bring you down. Because why? You left without the power of God. Because when you make the decision to say, I will do it tomorrow, you have made the decision to not let God do it today. And therefore, you have overcome the power of God. Because God is not a tomorrow God. God is a now God. God lives in now. In eternity, everything is now to God. We have it in time from beginning to end. He has to explain himself as beginning to end. But he's always been, he always is, and everything's now. That means in his world, the Ark of the Covenant is running around in the wilderness now. In his world, the flood is still happening now. Because there is no separation of time. We've the one that put it in separation of time. He sees everything from beginning to end. He is more powerful than us. He can do what we can't wrap our head around what he is. But the simplest thing is, quit trying to figure out God and just let God be God. God said that I so loved the world that I came not to condemn the world, but to save the world. But he asked for a calling. He said, whosoever will. That means you have the choice to deny God. Now, you have the choice not to go through the baptism of Jesus' name and the infilling of the Holy Ghost after you've repented of your sins. You have the choice not to give up what is binding you. And every day that you make the choice to allow flesh to be stronger than spirit, you're one step closer to hell and another step closer away from God. Right. Right. God does not operate in parallel. God operates in one way. There's not a two-way street to heaven. You have to turn around and go one way. And that's towards God. You cannot one day decide to turn towards Satan and live for Satan for six days and then turn back God on Sunday. God will operate that. God is a now God, a daily God. When is now? Now. But now it's gone. But now it's, again. Now it's still here. But now it's gone. But now it's still here. Now never goes away. God never forsakes you. He never leaves you. Now is always the time. When you're sitting there and you don't understand what's going on in your life or you're getting ready to be, or you're being tempted by Satan, the Bible says, get thee behind me, Satan. The Bible says that if you resist the devil, he will flee from you. How does he flee from you? Does he flee from you because you keep pushing it off to next weekend, to tomorrow? I'll take care of it tomorrow. Pastor just preaching the things that he, ah, he's just being pastor. Are you going to put off the things that are hurting you till tomorrow? You know that's going to break my heart. But you know what? It's definitely going to break the heart of God. Because you have chosen to be miserable when he wants to give you happiness. We have the spirit of reconciliation. Reclaiming, folks, that spirit and relationship that God had with Adam and Eve in the garden. The cool peace. You know what? God looked forward to that because he was there every day. And then when man did not show up, he went seeking. Adam, wherefore, art thou? 
God is seeking you today. Where for are you? Why do you not want to speak with me today? Why do you not want to be a part of me today? Why do you not want me to help you? Why are you like this? Why are you bitter? Why do you have hatred? Why do you have unforgiveness? All you've got to do is just love me. Because if you love me, you'll love others. You'll do what you're supposed to do. You'll have passion in your life. You will have those things because I am the passion. I'm the one that died on the cross. They call it the passion of Christ. That's me. That's me. That's me. That's me. Why won't you come to the cross of Calvary today? Why won't you reconcile yourself under the kingdom of God? Why won't you just give up the things of the world? and be what I've asked you to be. Why won't you just allow me to be your creator, your father, your savior? These are the cries of Christ today in our hearts. But he doesn't want us to stop there. He wants us to be ambassadors. An ambassador to a country is the same as the president of the country. It's the same power as the president. It's the same representation of the president, of the leaders of those countries. He is the representation of that country. If they send an ambassador out, they give him liberty. Now, he cannot come into the United States and take the liberty over the president. But if the president sends him to Spain as an ambassador, he's the mouthpiece. He's saying what the president wants. He's doing what the president wants. There is no self-will in an ambassador. The ambassador has to be a reflection of what the government of the United States wants. If we are to be the ambassador of Jesus Christ, we have to do what God wants us to do. We have to be filled with the magnificent power of the Holy Ghost. We have to let our light shine. And that's not that is so much of a statement in the fact that we think we let our big old huge holiness shine. Like, look at me, I'm dressed right, I act right, and by God, I'm holy. I'm holier than you. That's incorrect, folks. Let your light shine. Just smile. Because if you smile, you are approachable. If you smile, you've already opened the door to witness. But if you run around with your nose so high in the air and you see another apostolic and you won't talk to them because they're from a different church or they, you don't think they believe the same way you do or whatever else, you are wrong, wrong, wrong. Don't you dare judge nobody by their outward appearance. Because God may be in a different point and a different place. A fruit tree starts out as a twig. If I judge that tree by that twig, I'm going to mow it down because it's unprofitable. It takes time. Then the tree begins to put on branches. You have to learn a few things. Oh, I've got to have some more branches to get some more sun. I've got to get more of God. That's how people grow in the church as well. But if we are to be ambassadors, here's the thing. We are to be righteous, not self-righteous. There's too much self-righteousness in this world. If you think you're righteous, then if you think you're righteous, you're not. Because you cannot be righteous until you're humble. Because God is not going to use anybody until you're humble. If you have pride of any sort in your life and in your heart, you're a servant of Satan. The reason being is because Satan committed pride as the first sin in heaven. He would not bow himself to God Almighty. He wanted to exalt himself above God. And it was too much pride. When you get pride in your life, you're exalting yourself and your flesh above God. And therefore, you're serving yourself. And if you serve yourself, that's the basic definition of satanic worship, is allowing self to win. 
So the Bible says you cannot serve God and make you cannot do both of them. You can't, you cannot have two masters. This means that you have to get rid of your flesh to serve God. Flesh is damning. Flesh will tell you that you're not worth it. Flesh will tell you that people don't like you because you're too fat, you're too skinny, you're this, you're that, you got gray hair, you got bug eyes, you're wearing glasses, you got all this stuff. Flesh will tell you all of that stuff. Anything to do with tearing down you. The devil tears you down. You understand? You can come to God. You can get filled with the Holy Ghost. And you can walk out that door and you can backslide. And the devil will take you back with open arms. But not because he loves you. He loves destroying you. And the more he can destroy you, the more God has to repay. We have the spirit of reconciliation. And we need to do it now. Go to John chapter 4 verse 19. Jesus is talking to the lady at the well. And he's already kind of proven himself to her. So we just kind of, kind of pick up right here. And she asked him a question. The woman said unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Now let me ask you this. Do people perceive that you are full of the Holy Ghost when they see you? Or do they perceive that you're a self-righteous, judgmental person and they don't want to talk to you because... They, you've already, by your actions, condemned them instead of loving them. Just a question. I perceived that thou art a prophet. She knew he was, something was different about him. He was talking things that nobody else knew, and all of a sudden, something's different. Our Father, this is what she wants to know. She wants to know something very important. Our Father's worshiped in this mountain. And you say that in Jerusalem is the place that men ought to worship. She's saying, our, our people right now up here in Israel are saying we should worship here in Samaria. But the people of Judah are saying that you should worship in Jerusalem because that's where the temple is. That's where everything should be. You know, only God is there. She said, all I want to do is worship God, but I don't know how. At this point, she's been worshiping God also. She's been worshiping God without any hope, without any understanding. But now she has the power of God Almighty in front of her. And he tells her a simple statement. Jesus said to the woman, Believe me, the hour cometh when you shall neither worship in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem. Worship the Father, ye shall worship, ye shall know not what what. Now know that now know what ye worship, for salvation is to the Jews. So what he's saying is. Understand what you need to worship. Understand what you need to do. Because right at this moment, God's coming to save the Jews. Now, when he saves the house of Cornelius, he gives it unto the Gentiles because the Jews reject him. But at this particular moment, he's talking to this half-Jewish person. But the hour will come up as tomorrow. I'll put it off tomorrow. God, I, I, I feel conviction right now that I'm doing a certain thing in my life. But uh, I tell you what, I'll, I'll get down and I'll pray really hard tomorrow. I'll take care of it tomorrow because, well, I've already messed up today, so there's no sense of no sense of me worrying about it today. I've already I've already looked at something I shouldn't have, so I'm not worried about it. I'll keep on looking today, but tomorrow I'm not going to do it. You know, God does not base His time; His days on time. His time is not based by time. Is what I'm saying. A day. As is a thousand years and a thousand years as is a day for the Lord. He doesn't care. All he cares about is now because he lives in now. He is a God of now. 
So here he is standing before this woman telling her that I will shall come. And now he is. Why? Because Jesus Christ is standing there and he's on his way to crucifixion. He's on his way to give his life up. He's on his way to be nailed to a cross. And he's saying, now that time is now. It's coming right now. Now is. When the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh much to worship him. That's the problem. God wants you to worship him, and we run away from him faster than we ever can. How many people actually worship God every day? Keep that to yourself. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. It's not saying you have to worship him in your flesh. Because when you try to worship God in your flesh, you are in error. Because you cannot call him Father unless you have the spirit of the Holy Ghost. And you cannot speak to him unless you are having the spirit of the Holy Ghost. God will not hear your sinner's cry until you allow the spirit to come in. And God will communicate with you through the spirit of the Holy Ghost. So when you think that you have to do something, that you have to get your body right, that you, 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 you are doing nothing but worshiping you because you think it revolves all around you. And it don't. It all revolves around him. When you get God in your life and say, God, I can't. I can't. I know I can't. I know I can't. I know I can't. But you can, you can, you can. And you begin to say, you can, you can, you can, instead of I can, I can, I can. You know, when you get yourself involved in something, you think that you're going to do it perfectly. And then sometimes the results don't come out the way you want it. And then you're depressed, and then you're hurt, and then you're this, then you're that. But if you just let God handle it, he would have made it perfect. Amen. The woman said unto him, I know that Messiah has come, which is called Christ. When is he come? He will tell us all things. And Jesus told us, ah, he'll come next year. He'll come later. No. Jesus said unto her, I that speak unto thee and me. Jesus, at that point in time, told her he was the Christ. The Christ means the Messiah, which they understood to be God, reigning in flesh. They understood that God was coming to this earth to rule and reign the world. But they had the misunderstanding and the misconception of how it was going to happen because God kind of snuck this whole salvation plan in there to get more people into heaven than the Jews wanted there. But nonetheless, he told her, I mean, Jesus is telling us today, you have an appointment with now because I am the God of now. You cannot put off tomorrow what needs to be taken care of today. The reason being is because the Bible says unto us, do not say, I will go and trade and I will do this. Go and say, if the Lord willeth, I shall be there. Therefore, that what that means is God's got a ticker on your heart and every beat is counted. And it's already pre-numbered, buddy. Your day is appointed to die. And when your heart stops, all the opportunity God has given you to be saved is over. And if you don't have him in your heart, you're going to hell. You're going to a place that burns with fire and never dies. And you become a supernatural spiritual person. You get your wish finally. You're going to live forever, but you're going to live forever in torment. All them times that you decided you wanted to see those images on your phone and you want to stick that nail in your hand, smoke that pipe, do that thing. You're going to desire to do it so much and you can't never fulfill that craving. What a hell that's going to be. Why don't you just give that to God and then you don't ever have to worry about being addicted or bound by anything. 
You can be what God wants you to be. You can be open. You can be free. Because there's many times in my life that I've allowed myself to be bound to things that I art I had been bound to. That's as simple as sometimes you're bound to your financial status more than you're bound to God. You would rather go to work and make money instead of put $5 in the offering plate. You would rather go to work and make sure you got a good house, a good car, car, a shed, and a boat, and a, and a trailer, and all these different things, but you don't want to get to the house of God, and you don't want to give your time to God. You don't want to be to God. You were bound. You're bound. Or is it sin? Well, it depends on if you truly elevated above God or not. Then it becomes an idol. So yes, it is a sin. Idol worship. But it's binding you. It's keeping you from the freedom of God. It's keeping you from doing what you want to do. Today, I know this might not have been the most exciting message. It might not have been the jumping and the shouting. But I believe it has a more powerful point. Amen. Come on. That if you want something done in your life, right now is the time to do it. Because you have breath in your body. You have a heartbeat. Now is the time. Tomorrow's not guaranteed. You leave this parking lot today and get ran over by a semi-truck and be dead. I'm only 39 years old or 40 years old. I, I'm going to live another 40, 30 years. I'll put that off to when I got to. No, can't say that. That uncle died 36. Aunt died 26. Another uncle died 19. That's just in my family. That I know of. And another uncle died 40. So, never made it to the city. Never guaranteed. Never guaranteed. Right. Another moment, another time. But as long as you have now, you've got God. I thank you for joining us today here on Facebook. Make an altar where you are and understand that now is the time. Now is the time. 